This episode has been brought to you by one of our patrons, Sean. If you'd like your name shouted out, head over to patreon.com slash powerplaythrough today. You have the power for about an hour. This town's about to raise your child. We're tearing it to blood holes now. Welcome to Triple P, show where we roll out another movie, but this time, one of us isn't who he, who he says he is. Is it me, one of your hosts, Dan, or is it my co-host, Freddie? Maybe by the end of the episode, you'll know. Freddie, is it you? Are you the one that's not who you say you are? This is me. Oh, that was not <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That, uh, this, this is Freddie. Oh, okay. That was good. That's Freddy's normal voice yeah, that I'm used to hearing at all times. Talk. And this is me and my voice after I sipped my favorite drink, a Sprite. I'm just trying on a new look in my voice. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about Ernest Goes to Jail, a 1990s American comedy film directed by John R. Cherry III, starring Jim Varney. It's the fourth film to feature the character Ernest P. Whirl, shot in Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, just Nashville, <laughs> and the Tennessee State Penitentiary. The sovereign, the the sovereign union of Nashville. The... Well, it's the most southern place without being southern. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This seen, is the. I've seen the videos and the pictures. <laughs> Of Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the second most successful of the Ernest films behind Ernest Saves Christmas. It was uh, third place its opening weekend, earning $6,143,372, and its total gross for its run was $25,029,569. Yeah. Breaking Ernest in that, making money. That peewee money. We, 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 we are a, we got a talking doll. We are on TV all the fucking time. We are in there. We we have we did it. We have a successful character. That's good. That's good. I like I I want to get deeper into your your life and love of Ernest, but I don't know the questions to ask. Well, um, it's just simply a matter of like Ernest was my. He was kind of like my earliest guide. Because I, I did grow up with Pee-wee. I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse, and I love Pee-wee. And I love the Pee-wee films. I even love Big Top Pee-wee included with it. But, uh, which is often, like, maligned. And I get why, you know. It, it doesn't hit all... It doesn't hit... Um, not everything... Not everything lands, right? But, um, yeah, so I grew up with Pee-wee, and I grew up with other things like that. But Ernest... For whatever reason, that was, like, the closest to me. As in, like, maybe my... An example, you know, like the Pee-wee films, like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I didn't grow a true love for that film until later on in my teens, you know? And maybe mm-hmm. that's just me being more mature and, like, picking up on stuff. I don't know. 
Um, Getting the much higher caliber of humor that Pee Wee had. Yeah, appreciating some stuff. I don't fucking know. But Ernest, from the get-go, all these fucking films, I was into them. I remembered them. You know, like, I, they, they were funny to me. And they only became funnier as time went on. And Ernest kind of was like that. The... the uh, he's kind of like the the role model for me. I just I loved Ernest. Uh, Ernest was Ernest was my guy. He was hmm. moral compass of sorts. <laughs> like he was the uh, as people have their you know um, superheroes and their Barney's and you know stuff like that when they're really young when they're really young and their brains are fucking mush. <laughs> as they get as they grow older they have those ones that are kind of like just synonymous with that brain <laughs> brain you know, forming and, and recognizing things you know I think about like when you said that Ernest is your moral compass I was like going through the Rolodex going like where was my moral compass and like, I'd like to say the Ninja Turtles, but they didn't really deal with anything moral in their whole thing. It was like, no, let's go eat pizza, hang out with a girl, and then fuck up some robots. Yeah. Like, that was the, the whole show. Yeah. Ernest, and then go on. It, it has to be Power Rangers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that makes sense. I mean, Power Rangers teaches you that shit. It's one of, like, I mean, it's... Like, Ninja Turtles, when you dig into the comics... When you dig into the comics, it's about, like, brotherhood and, like, you know, um, unity and all that, working together and, and working to, working together as a team and recognizing each person's um, strengths and weaknesses within that team. But at, like, a surface level with Ninja Turtles and, like, the cartoon, like you said, it's about fighting mutants, eating pizza, having a good time all the time. Whereas yeah. Power Rangers, you know, they, they, they came a little more heavy-handed with the message. Yeah, I mean, like it. Yeah, it one hundred percent had to be Power Rangers on the moral yeah. compass, because yeah. like they they were always like, remember to do. It's things that we don't that we never really get to talk about in the main show, where all the like commercial PSAs for like how to be a better student and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they... you got more time with the kids besides just the show because there were bumpers in every commercial break with a different Power Ranger telling you about like. Make sure you're doing some kind of physical activity like martial arts yeah. or Trini and Billy telling you to stay in school or Kimberly here's, teaching you about gymnastics. Yeah, remember, you know, here's a, here's a, a healthy way to eat and stuff like that. And Yeah, that one definitely wasn't with Rocky. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. R- Rocky makes... We've, I've come to find that rocky and i are kin in a lot of ways with the food mistakes we just we kind of whole hog stuff that i think that that's going to be the title of my biography that i'll never write because you know i haven't really done anything in my life notable enough to do that write a biography would but if i did at some point it would be called a food mistake or food crime food crime food crime is really good yeah. Because, yeah, people would think that it's a true crime book, and you know what? It might be. You Who don't knows? know what you're gonna let slip. You don't yeah. know what's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be between those pages. 
something really incriminating. I don't know. Maybe it'll be used against you later. Yeah, you know, and then you'll, you know, like we'll, you know, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, the bridge that I want to cross right now is something that we haven't done in like three weeks. Is uh, the quick Quamic tip? Yeah. <laughs> uh, future state Teen Titans one and two. Get one any cover you can get. Two, make sure you get the B cover because one is the first official appearance in the DCU of Red X and two, the B cover will be Red X's first cover. So just do that. It's probably not going to be worth a ton because Future State's highly printed. But, you know, just let it sit in a comic box for like 10, 15 years and then someone will be like, I love Red X. And then you've got $80 on your hands. Yeah. That's a tip. That's a tip. That, quali- that qualifies. That's a tip. Yeah. Um, Freddie, have you had any new fast food since I've talked to you two days ago, or was the belly hurting? Basically, that's it? the thing. The belly hurting was like nothing to do with anything. I woke up with it, and, and it was just there. I was like, "This must mean I'm hungry." So I ate. Didn't fix it. Hmm. And I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things. Maybe it's just one of those things as, you know, getting older, as you're turning uh, 33. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, 33. Yeah. 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 It could be just one of those things. You know, shit fails left and right, whatever. Yeah, I was... (laughs) I was explaining to one of my younger co-workers today about how as you get older, if you make the wrong, if you make a food mistake, the day's just over. It's just done. <laughs> you have to now allot your time. You're like, well, your your food crime, your food mistake that you do now gains control of that time. It yeah. decides how it allots it. And you. it could be, it, it's really just divided up to how many bathroom trips you're making. And yeah. that way, because of that, you can't you can't have anything else to do during today. Yeah, and you know, I'm just so I've I'm started to realize the downside of bidet, and this the is... downside of bidet is that I now put so little effort into wiping <laughs> that when I'm sans bidet, <laughs> I get very pissed off if I'm like not able to get it all you just oh Oh, shit so you you become so spoiled and lax with the cleaning of your asshole not lax my ass is fucking pink okay (laughs) let's be real like it is clean yeah but when you don't have a bidet you're saying that you You're saying that you don't get it thoroughly. Or you don't... I get upset with how much time I'm wasting. Mm. Wiping. Now, listeners, this story is pretty gross, what I'm going to tell you. But I had an emergency at one point last night, and I was downstairs, and I didn't think that I had enough time to get upstairs. So I went, and I was in there, and I did my business, and I was just wiping and it was not I was, there was constant 
and I was just mad. So I just took another piece of toilet paper. I took another piece of toilet paper and I just to protect my underwear, I put it in my I put it in my butt crack. The man pond. Squeezed up. Yeah. Pulled my pants up. Went upstairs. Bidet. And I was fine. Finished the business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I thought you were gonna tell me that the shortcomings of a bidet is that you can't get your cheeks and sometimes you shit so violently that your cheeks just got caca on. No, that's a shower shit. <laughs> yeah. Because that that'll happen. That'll I call I call that kind of thing a Tony Dodge. Yeah, you need a you need the big bidet, which is the the shower. Yeah. <laughs> you need the <laughs> I need the full body bidet. You need the high pressure shower jet to take care of that because that's not a, it like God bless the bidet. I fully, I fully believe you, and I and I trust in it even without having one. I know it does wonders for the beehole. It really does. But I, I do see that as as like if you're one if you're if you're one of those shitters that it's just very common to get it on your cheeks. First off, you probably want to consider changing your diet, but but second off, like you, that's you got to get in the shower every time. Every yeah, time. I'm not a cheeky boy. Like it doesn't yeah. do that for me. No, that's good. So, yeah. I think it's just like a matter of like how close the cheeks are, because then then it just it'll um, what is it called when the hippos do it? Mud rudder. Jeez, that's fucking a violent thing to say. Is that a what blood it, rudder? Is that what it's called? I think the hippos I do don't it. Know. Hippos I do don't it. Know. Or they I've just, never heard that before. Where they they just fucking let go and then they just like wag their their fucking tail like real viciously as they do it and it just smears like shit all over their ass cheeks. I don't know the purpose of it, but I thought it was called mud ruddering. That's insane to me. <laughs> if you're a mud rudder, if you're I, if you're a mud rudder, you need to take showers afterward. Like you should probably just have the shower. You should probably have one of the 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 shower heads that 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 comes on the cord, you know. And you probably want to have one of the holsters by the like hooked up to the wall by the by the toilet. And then you just grab that fucker and you turn it on and you just stick it in the bowl and get yourself if you're a mud rudder. That's probably something they have set up for, um, you know, geriatrics and stuff, right? Where you you got like a little handle for the shower head. You know what kind of shower head I'm talking about, right? When I said on a cord? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's on like a fucking coiled metal cord thing. You know, in the water. It's the kind of shower head I have. Yeah, it's 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 yeah yeah that's the kind I have too. And, and like in anyway, like you, that would probably be if that's not a thing. That should probably be a thing where you have a fixture, just like in the sh- actual shower, you have a fixture to hang the shower head on. You should have a fixture by the toilet as well, and you can hang it there. And then when you're going to take a shower, you just take it off there and you take it and you hang it on in 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 its shower position. But by default, it's hanging from the fixture by the toilet. 
say, now, baby, that feels like cross-contamination. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... (laughs) Do you... Do you... Well, welcome to Potty Talk, first of all. (laughs) But, um... When you flush, do you sit on the bowl and flush, or do you get up and look at the work you've done? It's poo poo pee pee potty. That's the the peeps. <laughs> this triple a... P, baby, and we're rolling out. <laughs> say that again. I'm sorry my 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 brain fucking stopped to say that. Yeah, just no, to you give had to, you. <laughs> you had to get your get your shit in, brother. Um, <laughs> no soul. When... fucking question. <laughs> Do you do you sit and flush the toilet, or do you look at the job you've done? Usually look at the job I've done, because I think once you hit the 30 mark, you gotta be on the lookout for those clay-colored stools. I think mm. that's just, I think that's just, a, and this isn't like me saying I have them, because I don't. That's me saying, like, I think that's just a healthy practice, like checking your balls, you know? Checking, yeah. checking. Do you the, know any time I do that, the Tom Green song plays in my head? <laughs> it's one of the many gifts he has given us. But like, you gotta check your fucking balls, and I think it's the same thing with taking poop. Don't just fucking wipe and then throw it in there and then flush and all that. Two reasons: you're get you're just smearing poop particles all over your your buttocks when you flush. Because but now you're getting farticles all over the place. No, you close the fucking lid, you lunatic. You close the lid. Who closes the lid? You got to Okay, this is the, the this is the procedure. You take you do your business. You take a dump, you take a duker. You take a fat duke and you you can where you wipe if you wipe it like you may have, you may be like the pure bidet type. It's a thing. But if if you're wiping, you could do it, like, on the bowl, or you can stand up and do it, you know, maybe whatever works better for your fucking shoulder. I get it. That happens wherever. But you should duke, wipe, stand up, examine, make sure there's no clay-colored dookie in there, because you don't want blood in your stool, and it's very distinct. If there's blood on the toilet paper, that's fine. You're an old man. Your asshole gets torn up a little bit when it when it when it handles its stuff. Shouldn't be alarmed about that. If the blood in the stool though is very noticeable because the the turd will be like terracotta red. <laughs> you know, like it looks like uh, it looks like some indigenous pottery. Be on the lookout for that, and then you close the lid and you flush. That way. Poop particles don't get in the air, don't get like all over the place. If you're sitting on there and you're corking it up and you flush, that's just smearing poop particles on your ass. This is so the procedure. You duke. You 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 wipe either before or after you stand up. Examine, close the lid, flush. Wash your hands. That's it. All right. I'm glad you went on a huge tirade because I was having internet issues the entire time. And it just came back. Well, I just have to take my word for it when I said it was it was um, very pressing and important and I got that out, I guess. Well, don't worry. I'll hear it tomorrow. Yeah. But... um. There are two things 
that I want to talk about before we talk about the movie. Go on. Other than Farticles and Bidet. Yeah. Have you heard this news of Army Hammer? God, man. Yeah, like a fucking, like a couple hours ago I did. And I went through all Twitter and God. That he aspires to be a cannibal. I and he's didn't... an abusive lover. That's the, th- yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people are focusing on the cannibal shit, but, but are, like, sidestepping the part of his actual abuse. I don't care what his fucking weird-ass kinks he divulges, you know, in, in confessional fucking horny DMs. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck at all about thought, that. I, thought crime is not a crime. Yeah, but him actually abusing people, actually abusing his partners, that's probably something we should stop. We, we should stop using our jokes as a, like, defense mechanism and actually focus on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a, like, that makes him a terrible person. The other shit makes him a fucking weirdo, and I, like, you know, eyes on him. But the other part makes him a legit fucking terrible person, and we should... I didn't know who the fuck this guy was. I really didn't. You didn't know who Sinestro from the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie is? That's not him. That's fucking... Oh, Mark Strong is that. <laughs> you almost... You almost... <laughs> That's who I was thinking it was the entire time. <laughs> thought it was Mark Strong. That, that, was... <laughs> that had a fucking vulgar fetish. No. No, he's the the Lone Ranger. In, oh. the, in the Disney... Like, the, the fucking one with Johnny with Depp. Depp. Yeah. Yeah, that... Where Depp plays... Tonto, a Native American. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Like, so I had no idea who he fucking was. And now I just know that he is an as- potentially an aspiring cannibal and also a manipulative piece of shit. So, that sucks. Like, it's a person I didn't know about, didn't care about. Now I'm so, like, oh, he exists. You know? So now I don't really give a fuck about it because the entire time I thought this was Sinestro. <laughs> Whatever you had prepared for, um, I didn't have really anything prepared for that. I just it was just thought more, about it. It was more of a talking point when you thought it was someone who did something that's kind of like uh, adjacent to our interests. Yeah, and I mean the best part of that terrible movie. He is. He fucking absolutely is. Sinestro was so good in that fucking movie. And the other thing was a good thing. Did you see the release date for Pokemon Snap got put in? No. Yeah, April 30th, Pokemon Snap drops on the Switch. Wow. All right. Very man. exciting. That is extremely exciting. Very good news. Okay. Well, arm the the Army Hammer. Yeah, Army Hammer is an abusive piece of shit. We can be done with him. Yeah. Uh he's not Sinestro. Thank yeah. He's, he's not Sinestro. But um yeah, Pokemon Snap. We're getting Todd back, hopefully. What's going on with my voice? One second. It's getting all dangerous. Yeah, no, it it was comic store talking all day voice. You're becoming um your uh your lookalike. Your your fucking (laughs) crime Oh shit. Is it me that's the bad one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're becoming your your doppelganger crime lord. Hmm. As far as uh, Pokemon Snap goes, 
like outside of mainline games, I think Pokemon Snap is my favorite Pokemon game. Probably, yeah. I mean, that was, I think, like, you can play it now, and it's not too big of a deal, right? But, like, when, yeah. you, when you played it, they came out, there was a couple of factors that really drove it home as something special. This was the first Pokemon game that was in the 3D space and immersive. Yeah. You know? Whereas the Pokemon Stadium games, they were the battles Just, yeah. and mini games. And that's it. This though, like Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap like threw you in the fucking Pokemon world and you're seeing like Pokemon in the fucking wild. It was just something so novel about that. Well before it was it, like well before anything we have today, it was just something so grand about it. And then like on top of that the the more novelty with it was the whole feature of taking pictures and saving them to your memory pack and taking them to a fucking blockbuster and getting stickers printed out of the pictures you took of Pokemon, you know, and all. Like, it just, it had all these things going for it that made it seem like, and it still is. Like, I shouldn't say seem, because it still is. And not like in past tense, it still is a very magical game. Because it's like, yeah, it's the, it's not the, like, anything from fucking, what was it, 2099? It was like 2000, 2001. It was like right before Gold and Silver came out. Yeah, because it was still just 151. Yeah, it's just... It was... Uh, lost my train of thought. What was I saying? It it was really fun. Like, it's one of my, like, only memories of my grandmother is when we went to go get that game at Toys R Us. Um, it's... It's a great game. I actually have a like savings fund that I kind of don't talk about that much. It's just like a small stash of money because I've been saving for one of those blockbuster Pokemon Snap printout sessions, like the the like whole setup. Mm-hmm. Because they they pop up on eBay all the time for like twenty five hundred dollars. They do. I've seen, and them. I want one. Yeah, I think and that's... I want to go not... ahead. Well, just adding to what you're saying, I'm not much of a person that has, uh, like, I have a fondness for them, for sure, but I have no desire to own them, which is uh, gaming cabinets, and, mm-hmm. and like, big gaming, paraf- like, uh, paraphernalia like that, but yeah. the, the Snap, the Snap print station, yeah. That's, that's the, that's the good feeling, right there, that's the real good feeling. I actually still have a sealed copy of Snap for 64. That's awesome. Yeah. Bryn wants me to open it because she wants the stickers out of it. And I said, no, (laughs) it's fucking sealed, Bryn. I'm not giving you the goddamn stickers. (laughs) Oh, let me open this to give you the stickers. (laughs) (laughs) Let me open this fucking sealed game, the sealed bit of history so I can, so you can put the stickers on. What would she, where would she even put the stickers? In her journal. Where she puts all of her stickers. Yeah. At least, I, okay, well, that's that's more significant than just sla- slapping them on, like, a, a laptop or something that's going to be... Gone nothing, in a while. Yeah, nothing in a few years, so that's, that's better, yeah. I guess. I think the main thing is, is because, like, in the stickers, there's... She's grown an obsession with Shelder, and it's just because she likes that I... 
I because I like Slowpoke, and I'm like, nah, I'm not really, I don't care for Slowbro, so keep them fucking shelters away from me. And her life's about uh, tormenting me. Yeah. So yeah. she's grown a fondness for Shelter. Yeah, yeah. That's cute. That's real cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's funny you say that with the Shelter. Like, she has her very particular reason for that, but that was like another thing with Pokemon Snap, because Pokemon, I remember seeing this, like, me. It had all the triggers. I know there's, like, meme about it, which is that, like, one of the most beautiful things about Pokemon is that every single Pokemon, you know, is someone's favorite out there. Yeah. Right? And with Pokemon Snap, we didn't get, like, they didn't fucking render all 151, but they rendered, like, a lot of hits, and then a lot of people, like, we haven't seen. And I was like, big deal. Um, I think one of the biggest, like, that whole immersion thing I was talking about is like getting the Magikarp harassing it down the stream until it falls into the fucking waterfall and then came out as a Gyarados and then you were just in scale to how big a fucking Gyarados was. Yeah. Magic. Absolutely magic. But yeah, there's like a lot of Pokemon in that game where we're just like you this is like the first time I feel like I really saw the like the the actual thing i don't know i'll tell you this is more than just a sprite and i'm like right there looking at it and taking pictures zooming in on it and all that shit yeah pokemon pokemon snap was the first game to really make you like live and breathe in the pokemon world this is the last thing that i'll say about pokemon snap until the game comes out and then we talk about it a lot more Mm -hmm. um this is the first time that i'm displeased that pokemon is nintendo exclusive because i desperately want to play snap in vr that'd be fucking cool since nintendo doesn't have a vr option not gonna happen yeah that's true oh yeah that's a bummer (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway well So I, th- I think we said we were talking about Ernest Goes to Jail today. <laughs> we will. And then Ernest Goes to Jail, yeah. Ernest receives a mail summons for jury duty, and he tells his two Watchmen friends about it. During yeah. the trial, the jurors are sent to Drake up Maximum Security Prison to see the the, the lifestyle of a prisoner. Yeah, and so... <laughs> They're they're at saying, here. Yeah, so like the they're having a trial and the trial is um postponed for another day because it is suggested by the defense attorney that his client, in order to really, you know, feel for him what he's going through, because his client is he is uh currently a prisoner, but now he's going on trial for a potential murder of another prisoner. But they're trying that to he say, straight up did. Yeah, that he did straight up murder, but they're trying to say that, like, he he fell over a faulty railing or something like that. So there's, like, an OSHA situation. Or, not an OSHA situation. Yeah, an OSHA situation. So he's like, let's go see the living conditions of these inmates. Then you can really get a feel for it, so you can judge this properly. Because Ruben, the, the inmate that's up on trial here, spots Ernest in the... (laughs) On the... What is that called? The jury stand? The Yes. Yeah, he sees him on the jury stand. And for whatever reason, 
he like we don't know but he whispers something to his lawyer and this uh this provokes this this field trip to the prison yeah before before we go like deep on that stuff like when ernest goes to jail he is kidnapped by prisoner felix nash because he is the dead ringer for him and they have switched places now that's the whole thing for the movie we so Ernest in this one, he is a janitor for the bank, right? Yes. And then that is his profession in this one. Chuck and Bobby are his best friend security guards. Yes. They live they're they're uh, his neighbors. Who they they live in their door. right mind fucking who in their right mind let Bobby be a fucking armed security guard. <laughs> That's one of my notes I have here, which is uh, Bobby is a danger to society. I also have Chuck and Bobby listen to Calypso. Um, That was really, that was the first time I actually listened to the lyrics of the song. They were, yep. they're like jamming to in the office while Ernest did Ernest things outside because like, Chuck was doing like a dance for Bobby or trying to get him to pay attention to him. He was doing an erotic dance for his brother. Yeah, he's doing an erotic dance for his brother as this Calypso music was playing. And it, and the song was like, don't make me climb. These aren't my tree climbing shoes. It was really fucking wild, man, to see while Ernest is in the background fighting a floor buffer. Yes. My note about Chuck and Bobby says the fact... So- it's not really brought up in it, but at one point we see their van and they are a private security agency, just the two of them. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the fact that Mr. P gave Chuck and Bobby the contract for protecting the bank, which is apparently a bank full of his money. Like it's not like a federally insured bank. It's like a personal bank mm -hmm. that he also loans money out of. Yes. It's so fucking wild because they're like, we're testing out new things. Like, here's an electrified cage that we could drop on this one spot. Yeah. Here is a laser array that creates a wall of bulletproof plastic. Now, we'll show you it's bulletproof by my insane brother shooting bullets directly at you. <laughs> fucking inches from you. They all... <laughs> they, like, their, their van is sprayed in camouflage colors... Their van straight up looked like um what was the uh the Dudley at FSW? What was his name? Looney bin? Fuck. It looks just like the fucking Looney van. <laughs> this one God. I don't like him. First of all, he's not a fucking Dudley. I fucking hated when I found that information out. That, yeah. that like when because you just call him Looney Bin, you know, that was yeah. like, Looney Bin, oh, here's Looney Bin, ah, yeah, like, we're, yeah, like, uh, Looney Bin, cool, we're, who's Coney's parents, yeah, yeah, you know, then when I found out he's like a hard right piece of shit, and <laughs> fucking- I didn't know anything about that, I just knew that he bought the- no limits title that was his title that he paid for and he said i'm taking my title yeah. and left and painted over the fsw logo on his van yeah because he gimmicked out his van at, out of again out of his own pocket because you know joe defalco lit him because joe defalco's a fucking carny 
yeah, like when I found out that Looney Bin had more to his name than just Looney Bin, that it was Looney Bin Dudley, I got so fucking mad. I was like, oh, that's why he wears the camo. Right. Okay. Remember that time you like came out like one of the Halloween shows and he had like a full-fledged fucking machete he was swinging around that was clearly sharpened because again he's a hard right piece of shit that I'm sure that I'm sure has a multitude of fucking weapons lying around this goddamn house. I think that was one of the many shows I skipped. <laughs> yeah, but fuck, uh, it is it's very much the Looney Van and kind of gives Kind of gives off the Looney Bin vibes because Chuck and Bobby, like, I hate to say it, but if they were doing their thing today, we may have seen them at the Capitol, you know? Maybe they wouldn't have been in the building. (laughs) When you said the Capitol, the first thing I heard was the cack. (laughs) (laughs) Five minutes from the Palms. Just five minutes. Yeah. Fuck, man. No, like... (laughs) They they may if they're around today doing their thing. Both the actors are still alive, by the way. I'm not not saying that sounds like I'm saying that they're they're, they're dead, but I'm saying the characters. If the characters were around today, we may have seen we may have saw them at the Capitol, not necessarily in the building, but outside trying to pitch their own like conspiracy theories, like most dolphinately, and and probably selling merch because. Uh, that's just them. Yeah. Because they, they, like, I mean, you, you, we go in their house. The fact that Bobby can't tell who's a criminal and who isn't, like, when they were testing out the cage and it dropped, and the first thing he did was push his revolver into his boss's cheek. (laughs) No way. No fucking way. Chuck was saying that he was trying to give him the full experience, you know? Like what the criminal would Can go through, that that uh, so he he could he could uh, sample the fear they would want to invoke in any respective uh, bank robbers, any 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 respective hoodlums, ne'er do wills. This is what they want to do to him. And yes, yeah, Bobby is completely fucking like unhinged because like we see inside their house at one point when uh, Ernest gets the summons. He goes, he hops the fence, then makes this, then uh, says this line about, I hate this minefield, minefield, and he very cautiously tiptoes through their yard. So, yeah. Okay. One violation. <laughs> he goes into their house, and there's just a, a, um, a shooting target that Bobby's just going off on, like, inches from the door in like inches from the fucking entrance and and Ernest has to zigzag around everything and get to the table where they eat some very floppy burritos yeah and there's a point where toast pops up out of the toaster and Bobby just shoots it <laughs> Bobby is a is a fucking deranged man and and yeah. and and Chuck obviously is uh he's I mean, he he's a he's an accomplice. He's an enabler. Yeah. He's not he's not recognize. He probably doesn't believe in medication. So that's that's probably one thing going there. I mean, the way well, like <laughs> it's the nineties. We didn't care about mental health. That's true. When Charlotte walks into the bank, Bobby accosts her and goes, "You got to show him ID." 
ma'am. I'm his brother and I have to show him ID or he'll shoot me. So he has this kind of like... What is that called? He has like this kind of separation from reality. Yeah. He he is fully... uh, I guess I already, already... When he walks into the bank, all he sees are just like polygon figures with no face <laughs> until his eye scans the badge and then registers the body against the badge and goes that's correct yeah so you have the the green polygons which are which are like you know bank tellers uh employees like that uh um customers is, is that what you call them? someone that does are they custom is there a name for that is there a name for people that just use a bank <laughs> Clients, I mean, clients of the bank, right? Clients. Customers would be correct, or patrons, patrons whatever you want to yeah, say. Patrons, yeah, patrons, yeah, customer didn't sound right. Well, the clients, patrons, so patrons of the bank, uh, like bank tellers and other employees and stuff like that, they're in green. Him and Chuck are in blue because, you know, they're uh, synonymous with, with uh, LEOs and all that. And then, like, anyone else is just a blank slate until he gets that identification. And then if you're well, like, think about the beginning of the movie, too, where, like, they're about to murder Ernest because he's hitting the button on his little floor cleaner too much. And they forgot that he was in the bank with them. They drove him there. Yeah, we do find out that they drive him there. We find that <laughs> because they take they take him home, too. We we like we 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 know that Ernest gets gets there via them because they live next door. So they had to have known that Ernest was in the fucking building. And it's a very small bank. It is it's it's basically one room and then the vault. And there's no ceilings on any of the rooms that they go into. Yeah, cuz so they could have walked near it and said Ernest and he would have been like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> oh wait. Yeah. Hey, Chuck Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Like something like yeah, because it is just and it's just one big room with these these like partition walls with no ceilings like you said like it's it's set up like a it's it's set up like a warehouse you know like it, yeah. it, it just has like yeah that's that that's technically a room but it's really just walls and a door that separates this space from that space yeah so they absolutely could have yelled out to find find out that it was Ernest or said like come out or anything like that uh, they're Chuck and Bobby, man. <laughs> they're fucking weird. They're uh, Bobby is definitely a fucking danger. Yeah, a danger to everyone, a threat, a real life threat. That and he looks. I don't know how he's managed to look. Like, let me look up his age right now. The actor to look ninety his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Burge. He was born in 1932. Oh, because he was 90 his whole life. (laughs) Yeah, he's 88 now. Still kicking. Is he still kicking? Yeah, he's he's, he's still kicking. He's retired from acting, but he's still kicking. All these pictures of Chuck and Bobby. That's precious. Hmm. When they're not on the clock, they're good brothers, you know? Yeah. They they, they they love Ernest. They're good brothers. 
Here's here's the Oh, we got Speaking of good brothers. Got to put this somewhere. Send it to you. Speaking of good brothers, good brother Vern wasn't in this movie. No. Is this the only movie with no Vern? There is no Vern. I believe it's only the Christmas film where we like every every movie Vern is mentioned at some point because it's just hardwired in earnest. But I didn't even hear Vern in this movie. He says at one point, "No, I mean Vern." Like he, he, it's just inescapable. He says that, huh? But um, I don't believe he's in the first film, or uh, well, the first proper film, which is uh, uh, Ernest goes to camp. Hmm. He's like the. I I'm think sure the, we'll tackle that at some point. I think the Christmas one is the only. Yeah, the to my knowledge right now, I think the Christmas one is. The only one where we see him interact with Vern. Because Vern was primarily the commercials, you know, as we talked about before. Or um, in the show, Hey Vern, it's Ernest. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was he was the audience analog for the commercials in that show and stuff like that. Because he's, in the, in the movies, as we discussed before, maybe it's just a matter like he has not found Vern and he has not found his Vern analog. As as of yet in in this movie, because the previous one is taxi driver. Now he is the uh, now he's the custodian of the bank, and then in the film after this, he's a uh, garbage man. So maybe just Vern has is eluding him. Because <laughs> yeah, there's no Vern in this film, no Vern in the next film, uh, and then uh, was it Ernest rides again? Is the one is the hmm. the fifth movie? Let's see. Is there is there a Vern and Ernest rides again? I know he has a partner in that one, which plays like the the straight man Ernest, but I don't think there's a Vern. Yeah, I'm not seeing any Vern on the on the IMDb here. So, um, Ernest is a bit of like a Wayne Zielinski, Doc Brown type, isn't he? Are you going off like the way he lives? <laughs> yes, I'm going off the way he lives. <laughs> I'm going off of his weird, like, machine that what am I, activates when he enters his home. What are my notes here? The uh, fucking his washing machine slash bathtub? Yeah, yeah the... <laughs> The Washamatic, Ernest Washamatic. Yeah, it's just a comically sized washing machine that he fucking stands in. And, and... oh, and Ernest is a fucking never nude. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't get naked in that thing. He's fully clothed. He got the vest on. And... No, no, no. He takes off the shirt, but he's got the vest on. Uh, like so, so and when I saw that, my first note that I wrote for this movie was, "Varney a bit ripped up, huh?" <laughs> a bit ripped up. I mean, like he's he he's got that. All right, if we want to talk about yeah, if we want to talk about Jim Varney's physique for a bit, yeah, he's a little he he got some tone. Like he's a bit shredded. 
Like he's got that yeah. that sinewy, like shredded muscle build where he's like he's not bulky, but he got some definition there. And like he, he like he's got that Johnny Gargano body. Yeah, <laughs> it's there, man. It's there. Like he's he's definitely got the the look of someone who works with his hands for sure. Okay, so I hope my FBI agent that's watching my searches starts to think weirdly of me because the first because I just looked up Jim Varney shirtless and it's a bunch of pictures of Mike Rowe shirtless and I don't get that that's a shame Ugh. yeah what is that yeah no that's very unfortunate Hmm. Where's where's Let's see Jim Varney muscles. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's a bit ripped up. I mean, like this gift that I'm looking at. Oh, the basketball. Is him in a ta- yeah. Yeah, him uh, Ernest Ernest goes to school. Yeah, just a bit or ripped wait, up. That's a slam dunkerness, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at him. That's all you can do is look at him. Yeah, just, uh, here's this picture here. <laughs> this is so good for the audio listener. Yeah. He's a bit ripped up. You're right. When he was going into the Ernest Amatic, I was like, damn. <laughs> old man's a bit ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest could fuck you up. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that. He's a man that probably doesn't know his own strength. <laughs> and as we find out in this movie, like Ernest, Ernest, Ernest would definitely fuck you up because he is, he has a uh, superhuman endurance. As we uh, find out in this film, he is unelectrocutable. <laughs> Because any time that he gets an electric charge in him, he just becomes magnetic. Yeah, yeah. It they uh, play it a few times, or the the bit happens four in, times. Yeah, four times it happens in the movie, just to drive it home. But Ernest is immune to electricity, uh, so I guess that's well. We we're just talking about Pokemon, so I guess that that means he's a ground type, right? Yeah, I guess Ernest is a ground type. He's also, we also find out he's he's not immune to him, but he uh, he fucking held on to a bomb, and it exploded, and he got pretty like cartoonish. He's a Looney Tune. Yeah, he got. He is a Looney Tune. He got is what he is. He got cartoonishly charred, but he definitely didn't get ex- exploded. So he's he's also got a bit of a resistance to fire. So that would. Let me look up ground types resistance. Are they resistant to fire? Because that would be weird. No. They're strong against it, but they're not... Mm. They're not invulnerable. Yeah. Poison, rock, electric is what they're resistant to. Well, electric, they have fucking immunity to. Yeah. That's a new thing. Because I'll tell you, I beat an Onyx with a Pikachu in the red and blue days. Well, yeah. 
I mean, new new thing like, I mean, like wasn't hasn't that been the hasn't it been that case since like Diamond and Pearl, which is now like fifteen years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Oh, another Pokemon thing that remake got leaked today too. A remake of Diamond and Pearl. Yep. Ooh, yep. Shit. Man, it's a good time. Hopefully, in the style of. Uh, Sword and Shield. I would hope so. That'd be fucking sick. So yeah, Ernest, he's a Looney Tune. Um, I said like his the whole point of this film is that he somehow gets hoodwinked and swapped with his evil doppelganger Nash, where Nash is now living on the outside as Ernest, and Ernest is living on the inside as Nash, and Ernest under the threat of his henchmen Reuben and Lyle. He has to keep acting like Nash, otherwise Nash on the outside is going to hurt the people close to Ernest. So the whole thing is just us seeing Ernest trying to acclimate himself to prison life and being the tough we know he isn't. And it's fucking hilarious. It's genuinely fucking just good shit because Jim Varney's, as we talked about on uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, he has incredible fucking range, uh, like brilliant comedic timing uh his ability to morph his face and do different voices is so fucking like even even if that's not your even if that's not your bag even if those bits aren't your bits it's still like just impressive you know it's still like you can you can really admire this man's talent when he's fucking going yeah and i mean there's a lot of uh there's a there's a big similarity to class act in this where like his boys behind him want the world to think that he's Mr. Nash. Yeah. So they're fucking people up behind the scenes <laughs> to make sure that he gets a, that he gets over as Nash. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking the arm wrestle scene with uh, some inmate named Spider. I guess this was yeah. uh, apparently this was arranged before even Ernest got in here. This is just something they do to pass the time and to and to like established a pecking order they do it through fucking arm wrestling like okay a little bit a little bit of honor to that but he has to wrestle this he has to arm wrestle this big brick shit house named spider who has a spider tattoo on his forehead and like spider immediately beats him but Ernest makes a good point and says you said ready and then the, you just went you're supposed to say ready set go so they have a rematch and when they're having a rematch lyle who's a like form, like he's a oh, what's the actor? He was name? a pro boxer. Yeah, yeah, he's a former fucking boxer. Um, you would recognize him from a couple different films because he's had bit parts. He was in the Golden Child. Uh, he played one of the henchmen in there. The the most um, the henchman that had the most screen time. He was at the beginning of uh, Ace Ventura. He was that. I, I will tell you that when I was watching this, I was like, man, this guy looks like John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah, he kind. <laughs> He's kind of yeah. He's he's kind of like venom pumped John C. Riley. Yeah, because he's a he's a fucking broad motherfucker. He's a big boy, and so while his name's Lyle, and while Ernest is arm wrestling this guy named Spider, uh, Lyle makes eye contact with the guy, and he pulls out from like his from wherever he's brandishing a fucking shiv. And he yeah. just stares at him and just, like, gives him a look like, don't you dare fucking win this. 
You win this. You die tonight. Yeah. Uh, You are, you know, the guards are going to find you with your fucking throat opened if you win this. And it's, it's really like, it's a lot of that, of them balancing, keeping Ernest's identity secret. And inversely, Nash doing a horrible job of being Ernest on the outside. But thankfully for him, everyone is so fucking stupid that they don't recognize that this isn't Ernest. Like, the bank is now clean. Yeah. the he, He's well-spoken. He's not just doing voices, going off on his earnest <laughs> monologues. He's, he's not fighting the floor buffer. Like, it's... it's Something is off here immediately. And you think Chuck and Bobby are going to recognize it, his closest brothers, because they're... they're um, when they're driving him home, they're like, something's different about you, man. Also, his hair is fucking slicked back, and he says he's just trying out a new look, and that's enough to dissuade, that's enough to get everyone off the office trail. But they said he was like, there's something about you, man, something's different. And when you think they're gonna nail him, they said, this man's in love. <laughs> because, huh. because he's, uh... Um, Hanging out with Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte, who's, um, who's like... She's a teller in the bank, and she's trying to push for Ernest to do more. She wants Ernest to put in a letter to Mr. P, whatever his name is. I just called him Mr. P. Fuck him, by the way. That's a horrible man. Oh, yeah. he He's just a shitty rich. Yeah, he's a real shitty rich. Uh, she's trying to push for Ernest to step above this uh, night custodian job and become a teller himself. So she wants mm-hmm. him to give a letter to Mr. P. So they're like, they have this kind of, what would you call it? Like it, it's, it's grounds for flirtation. It's, it's not really like until she gives him the little like cheek kiss. Yeah. Which, you know what? Never mind. A kiss is not a contract kiss in not, any way. A kiss is not a contract, but I said like, there's a, there's definitely like an energy between them because they're, they're comfortable with each other. Oh, before Ernest goes in for jury duty, they have dinner together, and it's uh, at a at a more intimate place and stuff like that. And they kind of, you know, they talk about. Um, oh, there's one time we, she asks him to dinner, and he's like, "Dinner," and she's like, "As friends." He goes, "Yeah, sure, as friends." Yeah, the world charm yeah. is hard to turn <laughs> off. They got this little kind of like tippy toe on the line kind of thing going on. I don't know what to call that. Will they, won't they? Yeah, will they, won't they? Yeah, we'll go with that. That's good. And so, Nash, as Ernest, is a fucking sleazeball. Like, and immediately is trying to paw her and shit. <laughs> like, trying to get her over to the Worrell household so he can get it in her. And even she's just like, what's gotten into you, Ernest? This isn't like you. I mean, have you ever, has, has Ernest done this before? Like, well, how can you not... I wouldn't think that vel- that Ernest would live in a velvet fuck dungeon. <laughs> it is a velvet fuck dungeon. There's like, uh, like uh, inexplainable, just sheets everywhere, hanging up, just sheets. And it's like, I get it, it's to cover all the fucking tacky knickknacks that fucking Ernest has bolted to his walls that I'm sure are, you know structurally integral (laughs) like i get why there's sheets there but like it's just like you walk in and it just smells like aqua velva and you're like this isn't earnest this can't be earnest you know you know 
you know Ernest for five minutes, right? If you're around Ernest for five fucking minutes, you know Ernest. And there's no way that this Nash guy would be Ernest. You know, <laughs> he is so yeah. fucking different. He is completely fucking different. But uh, you know, they're they're in his the rub, right? That's the, the he, funny bit. He of the attempts movie. to rape Charlotte, and then he's going to rob the bank. <laughs> that was his night. <laughs> the two the two most unearnest things he could do. I'm going to rape and then rob. <laughs> Speaking of which. The robbing the bank plan comes up very organically for Nash mm-hmm. because he, when he gets dropped off, like when, uh, when they pick, when Chuck and Bobby pick him up from jury duty and they, they go to the bank to start their shift. He is like, I work at a fucking bank. Of course he didn't know this, but it gives him, it gives, um, it highlights it further because, oh Yeah. How they picked him was Ruben saw him in the courtroom by happenstance, whispered something to his lawyer, and then they got they they had the the jury the jury members go to the prison, and that's when they hoodwinked him, and that's when they swapped places. But it was just like this. What? Wait a minute. Was this the plan the whole time? Were you hoping during this trial you were going to find someone on the jury roster to switch it, places with Nash? Well. I don't think that that was it. I think that, you know, when he tries to get away from the cops, he he goes, Nash, you got to help me. And Nash says, I don't help people that don't have something to help me with. Right, right. So that's so when they see him. He goes, we need to get there. And then when he goes back to jail that night, he goes, Nash, I've met a guy that yeah. looks exactly like you. And then what we need to do is swap you for him. And then you get to go home early. And he goes, early release program. Yeah. I like that. And that's when they do the face reveal. And it's like, oh, it's Jim Varney playing both roles. Because <laughs> they keep Nash's face hidden the whole time until right then. And like Jim Varney's voice is so specific <laughs> that there was no fucking reason for that. <laughs> No, not at all. Because, it, like, he can do voices. He can do much different voices, but he just put on an evil, earnest voice. And that was the point, you know? So it's like, why did we need this dramatic reveal to show us that this guy is an evil, earnest? Like, we we saw that. We get it. You know, that was coming. Sure. But, yeah, so it's like... So, yeah, so their plan... Their plan hatches off. Nash gets on the Nash gets on the trial. He bullies and intimidates the rest of the jurors. Clearly, by this one poignant scene where they're giving their verdict, and he looks at the guy giving the verdict, and he kind of like gulps nervously. And they find Reuben not guilty of the murder, so his regular sentence will carry out. So it won't it won't be a longer sentence. Yeah, and. Like you said, Nash gets to walk free, and that's how he ends up um, doing what we just discussed and all that. But one more thing about the jury scene. Before the swap happens, and Ernest is there, and he's listening to... Um, he's listening to... It's either the, the prosecutor or the defense. One of them speak, or The prosecutor speaking. About, like, you know, the char- what character this Mr. Rubin is. Ernest is chewing on his pen, and what proceeds is one of, like, I will put fucking money on it. 
it is one of the funniest bits of visual comedy you'll ever fucking see. Like, Ernest chews off the end of his pen, and it proceeds to just gush all over him. Like, not like spraying ridiculous cartoonish fashion. It's just, this is an open pen that is now leaking, and all he has is his clothes and, like, his notebook that he was that he had to take notes. And he just, he's like, <laughs> if you have any social anxiety, this will play it up so hard. Because <laughs> you see him smearing ink all over his face, trying to wipe it with the paper, not knowing what to do with the paper, so he fucking shoves it in his mouth, and now he has this big wad in his cheek from the from the paper being in there and he's just chewing on it and his face is smeared in droplets and like it is just fucking funny dude i it looks like the penguin bleeding at the end of batman returns (laughs) it's so fucking funny like he is uh this man i i I praise jim varney a fuck ton i know that but like it's for a reason like he was he was good when I was a kid and as I got older I just really appreciate how much of a performer this guy was. Jim Varney was the like solid gold man. Hell of a performer, funny as shit. All the bits that happen in the jail are fucking funny when he tries to make like he tries to make a gun out of soap. <laughs> yeah, and it melts. Yeah, you know. It's it's an incredible sculpture. <laughs> Uh, he makes, like, a catapult that he has Lyle try to get him out with. <laughs> it's just essentially like a spatula. It's just like a giant spatula. I think it's like, what is it supposed to even be? It's supposed to be, like, the probably the, like, the backboard of, a, like, a basketball hoop or something. Who knows? But it's supposed to fling him over the fucking wall, and of course it doesn't, and he's just, he's just doing the earnest thing, which is, like, Bam, 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 line after line, sitting on there talking about how great, you know, his the, the, his uh, freedom is going to be as Lyle's holding the fucking rope, waiting for him to shut the fuck up and tell him to count down. And when he counts down, he he starts going in quarters and shit like that and finally releases and goes face, like, face first into the fucking sod. It's just, it's, this is just good, like, family, family-friendly, like, slapstick humor, man. It's good shit. It's still... It's still worth a watch if you're an Ernest fan growing up and you haven't seen this in a long time. It's better than you remember. If you've never seen an Ernest movie, uh, like, you're in for a treat. I mean, this is... Is this your first time watching Ernest Goes to Jail? Like, I know know with Ernest Saves Christmas, this is your first time you weren't, like... That was my first time watching anything from Ernest. Anything from Ernest. Okay, so this... Except for the commercials. I mean, like... Like, I knew about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, so... So, Dan is is taking that role as... uh, 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 (laughs) Try to think of a stupid name for it. Um, You are a... Ernest, I'm not. A, I'm not an earnest virgin anymore. You're. You are an earnest initiative, uh, initi- initiate, earnest initiate. That's it. I'm. Ge- I'm getting ready for you, the butt play. You like, had your like. Ernest has his thumb right on my butthole. He's you, warming it up. Yeah, you had your furnest in in, mm-hmm. in Ernest Saves Christmas. Right now, getting you a little more comfy and ready to perform some more acts. And we're we're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you there, baby. You're you're gonna get it. 
you're gonna fucking get it. Like, we're gonna... I, I said with Ernest Saves Christmas, we're gonna fucking end up talking about all these goddamn films. But the, the four, the big four here, we're going in them, obviously, in a weird order, but this one fits our theme for this month, and we're, we're a sucker for gimmicks, because we're Wrestle Boys. So this one happened here, but, like, we're gonna get... The other two, they're waiting in the wings. Yeah, they're who knows? Sports sports timber might have slam dunk, <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting in the wings to get you. Uh, well, the, the, you get that mouth ready. Get that oh, okay. mouth ready. Cause... To talk about Ernest. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about Ernest going to the to death row. Yeah. Because he has the shortest stint in death row that's ever happened. <laughs> it's maybe about 35 minutes. And he didn't get a real last meal. No. I'm guessing... Because you get a last meal. You get whatever you want for your last meal. Yeah, yeah. You like, re- request it and they, 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 gotta, they gotta get it for you. It's your last meal. But it, like John Wayne Gacy, he got... 12 fried shrimp, a bucket of KFC original recipe, a bunch of fresh fries, and a pound of strawberries. Hmm. How would you rate that last meal? Was that a good last meal for you? I think that he... I think he ate that much so that when he shit himself upon his death, it was just a ton. (laughs) That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty vile. That's pretty spiteful. But I guess you'd expect that from a from a boy eater. Yeah, um, like... Well, he didn't eat anybody, did he? He just killed a bunch of boys, right? Gacy? Yeah. Gacy? Uh, no, Gacy didn't eat anybody. He was just a murderer. Yeah, okay, he, yeah, yeah. He was a... He, he was a rapist and a murderer. But he didn't eat yeah. anybody. He, well, he, didn't, he didn't get that final... <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't complete the trifecta. He didn't pull a Dahmer. No. No. Just fuck him and kill him. Didn't eat him. Yep. That's, uh... Not supposed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Not supposed to to do that. That's our stance. That's our stance on that. Not supposed to do that. Um... So they're gonna give... Ernest the chair, which is good for Ernest because he's immune to electricity. They don't know that. Um, have you ever seen pictures of anybody in the chair being electrocuted? Uh, I feel like I have. In, like, you know. Well, here's one for you. It's be, in the chat. Being 17 and. This is from, from Ruth Snyder. This looks she, she ended up killing her husband. Yeah. She like poisoned him. She took out a huge life insurance policy on him, and then she uh, chloroformed him and murdered him. But the photos of her execution got leaked, and this photo, which I'll have a link for you guys in the link dump, it was on the newspaper front because this was after they had killed her. God, that's metal as shit. Look yes. at that. Fuck. Uh, someone snuck a camera in and took pictures of her while she was being electrocuted and then her body once it was all done. Um, you know how they just like couldn't wait to kill him because he was so annoying in the movie? <laughs> yeah. 
and how they just kind of threw him in there, didn't even lock him in. They just turned yeah, on they, the electricity. They, no, yeah, yeah. They're just like, get him going. Get him, get, turn, turn on the fucking grill. Get him out of here. Yeah. So, uh, a while back, there was an episode of Last Podcast where they went over like execution styles and stuff like that. And when they did that, for the most part, doing that to somebody never killed them because there was nothing to like conduct the electricity. So Ernest wouldn't have died from that anyway. They put a sponge at the base of your neck and around your wrists and like at the bottoms of your feet. Oh yeah. That was uh, to conduct all the electricity through you. That was in the green mile. They did that. Oh, they did. I've never seen the green mile. Oh my God. That's a great movie. And fucking, I was going to say, I have never seen a picture of someone being electrocuted, but I've seen it being botched in that movie and my god that's fucking nightmare fuel but well and for the most part they had to do it like two or three times <laughs> like that's that's real on like electric yeah. chairs like it it Ugh. almost never killed somebody on the first time it just started to fry them and you'd hear them screaming and panting and you'd watch their their like body start like starting to like bubble and burst as they uh, were like being burned uh, yeah so real fucking yeah whenever they like portray somebody getting the chair on tv it's always kind of like come Uh, on yeah well you should watch the green mile then you'll you'll i'll watch that we probably won't do an episode but i'll watch the green mile it's one of those movies that i've always like i should watch that and then i never right 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 it's just one of those movies you know it's good like there's not really a whole lot to to be said but it's just something it's just something you get under your belt I get it. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely worth watching. There's a there's a couple of there's a couple of chair scenes. You know, it's kind of like uh, they're all like pivotal to the film and to the like the next part of the film. You know, because it's a movie about death row. So of course, yeah. Each uh, each <laughs> successful uh, chairing <laughs> executions. <laughs> I like chairings. <laughs> like each success, each successful, each successful chairings that happens. You know, the next part of the film goes. You know, so like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Think of it as like chapter marks in a way. But yeah, I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I don't know when, but we'll talk about it a little bit when I watch it. So, like you said, Ernest, they they just want him gone because it's Ernest, and he's just he's just talking and talking and talking. They throw him into the fucking chair, as we saw previously in the movie two times already. When he gets electrocuted, he just becomes magnetized. All the, like, weapons fly at him, all the, like, the doctor's, like, uh, stethoscope that he was going to use to check to see if Ernest was dead or not flies onto him. Like, everyone's, all the metal bits in the room fly to him. And now, since he got so supercharged, Ernest can fire fucking electricity. Yeah, so he is making his way out of the jail. He's shooting guards, shooting inmates, blowing holes in walls. <laughs> it's really but, but at the same time, like, he still has to be earnest. So he's just, like, dancing, just wiggling in the middle of it, being yeah. annoying. Yeah. But the good thing is, is, like, right when he gets to the end... He's about to get out, and his juice runs out, so Ruben's going to clock the shit out of him. Yeah. But who comes up? Liable. Lyle. Liable. <laughs> I'm reading my notes. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. 
Lyle comes up and just clocks Ruben with a lead pipe, and he, because earnest, lovable nature can even turn a hardened criminal like Lyle, who's willing to slit a throat yeah. to keep up a ruse, yeah, into a likable man. He says a quote that I will one day have tattooed on me. I guarantee it. I've wanted it for so long. Uh, be- like throughout the film, like you said. Ernest is just so lovable and endearing that he turned this uh, turned to the turned this um this roughneck into someone who sympathizes with Ernest because early on when Ernest is trying to do his best Nash impersonation so he's just running through literally every bad guy he's ever seen on TV and doing like stereotypical accents for him and shit like that I love that scene because Lyle is his witness for this and he's kind of like looking at Lyle each time he does one and Lyle gives him like, eh, or a so-so or no, that's not going to work. By the end of it, Lyle's just kind of like smiling at him. It's real small. Like, it's a real small scene and like Lyle's smiling him at, smiling at Ernest's antics at the end because it's just like, look at this fucking guy. Like, you can't help but smile at him. And then later on, when Ernest is feeling good about potentially getting out because he's Ernest, he's so gullible, they say, you know, you know, today's your last day. He thinks he mean, he thinks they mean he's getting out. So he's all positive about that. And he's talking to Lyle about how good it is. uh, You know, like sometimes life is good. All that. He likes being alive. You see the, you see the, like, um the conflict within Lyle there because he like, man, we're just getting like this innocent guy that hasn't done anything to anyone. We're just getting him killed. So Nash and Ruben can do this fucking whole shtick and I'm with him too. So he leaves in a huff, but yeah, this is the big redemptive moment because he stops, he stops Ruben from hitting him and he actually speaks saying that he's not like Ernest isn't like us fucking clobbers him. Like you said, and Ernest tells him to come with him. There's a big fucking molten hole in the door from er- Ernest's fucking electroblast. And he's like, come with me. And Lyle says, like, I don't belong out there, man. He was like, I got a place in here. And <laughs> Ernest says to him, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to miss you. And Lyle says to him, is the place won't be the same without you, Ernest. Know what I mean? I want that tattooed. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me one fucking day because it's incredibly poignant, and I think it like it, it means the world to me. That's a, that's the important part. I think like I it, it's true. You know, the world isn't the same without Ernest. We didn't get to see Jim Farney. You know, we didn't get to see him later on in his career and see the more serious roles. He he was starting to do them, but like I know if we would have been able to see him to act throughout the 2000s and 2010s. We would have saw him take on more serious and dramatic roles. And, and more than just Ernest fans would, would have got to see the true talent he is, you know, how fucking, uh, the depth of his talent, like how far that went and shit, just what a true performer this guy was. And so I'm going to get that fucking tattooed on me. And when I get it fucking tattooed on me, we're going to take pictures, put it on the fucking podcast somewhere. You know, one of the social medias, I don't know. But um, it's 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 a good, it's a real feel-good moment that happens right before the, you know, the final arc of the film. Yes, where he goes to the bank, confronts, uh, 
I forgot Nash his name. Nash. He <laughs> confronts Nash in a Ernest versus Ernest battle where Ernest out Ernest's Ernest. <laughs> he certainly does. Because Nash, once again, like for the, like you said, for the fourth time in the film, um, Nash has both uh, Chuck and... Um, now I can't remember her name. He doesn't. He doesn't have Bobby fooled, but he has Chuck and Charlotte, Charlotte locked up. There, Charlotte. Yeah, he has them like chained or handcuffed to the safe, and he's got and he's got a bomb on it because he's gonna blow up the safe and get the money. And it's and a big money. fucking bomb. Yeah. Why does Nash need a bomb to open up the safe when two nights before Ernest just went in there? <laughs> Does he? Maybe he does have access to it, and he already got them. No, no. Maybe he doesn't know how to get into them, into the safe, and like, they're you know Charlotte and 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 uh, and uh, Chuck aren't gonna tell him. So maybe he's just like, fine, I'll just blow it up. Oh, uh, you guys, you know, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Bobby has explosives in his locker, so I'm just going to use that, you know. They're handy, so I might as well blow you and this woman up. I guess. I think that's what that must have been going through his head, because I can't really give you a reason as to why he wouldn't be able to get into the safe if Ernest was able to get into the safe, unless Ernest just had a way that he doesn't know. So... I don't really have an explanation for that, I guess. Uh, Ernest somehow knows how to get into the safe. We see that earlier in the film. And I guess Nash just doesn't know that way. And neither Chuck or um, uh, Nancy, is that her name? Or Charlotte? Charlotte. 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 Neither Chuck or Charlotte are going to tell him how to get into the safe. So maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm going to fucking blow it up. Whatever. That'll solve... That'll get rid of you two fuckers that are annoying me, and that'll open the safe so I can get the money. There. Yeah. That's it. And, and you know, your weird fucking, you know, 90-year-old brother just had these explosives lying around in his locker, so I'm going to use these. <laughs> yeah, that, and then, like, the police and the, the warden show up to catch their escaped inmate, but there's two Nashes, and they don't know who to shoot. But then Ernest is flying because he gets electrocuted again, <laughs> but he's been electrocuted so much recently that he's polarized and can't touch the floor. Yeah, now he's, yeah, he is becoming more and more powerful each time he is shocked. <laughs> so as as the bomb's about to go off, Ernest takes it and flies into the sky. And the thing that, like, really took me out of the immersion of the film... <laughs> is when he takes off the warden looks at him and goes he's getting away (laughs) not not what the fuck yeah not that's a fucking flying man holding a bomb (laughs) (laughs) i know that's that stuck out to me too it's like really that's that's your that's your that's your takeaway my man yeah like you saw this fucking redneck fly out of the out of the bank at like incredible speeds <laughs> he, he just saw Jim Vardy like fly through the fucking fly He's through getting the, away. Yeah, fly through the fucking skylight like the Iron Giant. 
and and you're can the only thing you can focus on is that he's getting away. <laughs> this seems to be like you know, like a marvel happening right before your eyes. A genuine, a genuine fucking marvel. <laughs> I'd have been like, this motherfucker can fly. <laughs> How, why was he in jail anyway? <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, like, the bomb blows up with Ernest in the sky, and it's a real sad moment, because, um, well, he blew up. The police standoff <laughs> are in there, they, he's going, he's taking Charlotte hostage, he's essentially one until Ernest falls out of the sky and breaks his fucking neck. Yeah, and Ernest stands up, and he... Well, he's like, I came, I saw, I got exploded. And credits. <laughs> like, literally credits. <laughs> so, I don't know if you know this, Freddie, but yeah. an alternate edit of this film aired on NBC in August of 94. Oh. There's a bunch of additional scenes not found on any release after that. But there was an alternate ending scene where Ernest now has a job as a bank clerk but he has another electrical mishap and gets clobbered by a filing cabinet. I think I saw that. On NBC? Yeah, the filing cabinet sounds super fucking familiar. It only aired in 94 in August. That may have been the one I had on VHS. Hmm. Because the file cabinet scene is really familiar to me, but I could be just like placing it from something else who knows but like where is that like let's g- give us the 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 cherry cut we- if i can find it it'll be in the link dump and i'll do a i'll do a serious search for it give us the cherry cut we want uh Ernest goes to jail the the cherry cut yeah it'll be on hbo max alongside the new justice league which is gonna be two parts yeah cool a longer justice league movie that shit came out on my birthday one year happy fucking birthday to me justice league i don't know what cut like people think like i don't i don't know there's only so much you can do with the fucking movie and with like that movie is like okay is this mythical cut you're talking about is it just going to be a different movie because that's how i think you can improve it if it was just a different movie i think that we need to do a snyder cut episode yeah just straight up like when it drops we should do a snyder cut i'll eat my fucking words if it if the if the snyder cut makes it like like what all the you know I, i think that but to do a proper snyder cut We'll have to do a three-part episode <laughs> where we watch the Whedon cut, yeah, and then we watch Snyder cut part one and talk about it as if it's its own movie, yeah, and then Snyder cut part two, yeah. I mean, like, I think that I enjoyed this movie more than Ernest Saves Christmas, and I enjoyed Ernest Saves Christmas. It's just a movie that exists in one month, yeah, out of the yeah, year. exactly, exactly. It's a seasonal film. It should be watched around that time. Uh, this movie, though, uh, it's it's a 
slapstick comedy and it's um it holds up man. perfect for your january yeah <laughs> it's good it's it's fucking fun um the next two films that we talk about that are earnest uh like one's coming in october one's coming in october obviously well, that's no you know if it's going to be talked about anytime it's it's a seasonal it's a seasonal movie just like christmas but like so that's obvious, but I think, um, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I yeah, don't, of, don't, don't talk about it. It's no, fine. I'm get ahead like, of myself. Well, we we honestly fly like we plan. The February plan will be planned by you guys, obviously. And remember to send your stuff into us any way you can. Yeah. Carrier that's pigeon why text it's called, Discord, all of that. That's why it's called February. Yeah. Any way you can. No no affiliation with Subway. Yeah, no affiliate, not an ad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we fly by night for the most part. Like, yeah. at the end of the month, Freddie will go, hey, we have this many Fridays. Yeah. Just get at me however you, this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Should we switch up the order? No, this Pretty is much. the order. So, okay. Where... Ernest uh, goes to camp, shows up. Who knows? But it's going to show up because I love this character. I love this fucking franchise. It'll come around. It'll come around. And uh, once we get the main, the big four, the Disney ones, which are why I call them the big four, because after that they become, uh, who the fuck does them? I don't know. But these ones are uh, like under Tristar? Is that the Disney one? Probably. I don't know. I think it's Tristar. Anyway, they're under, like, you know, a sub-company of Disney. So, like, once we get all the the Disney Ernest films done, I'm really looking forward to picking your mind on uh, what you think. I'm surprised that these aren't on Disney+, Plus. honestly. Yeah. Maybe they don't own the rights to it anymore. Maybe it, like, fell to whoever the license holder is now. Yeah, enjoyable, funny movie. Enjoyable, funny movie. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We really appreciate your patronage. Follow us on all the socials. Join the Discord since next month is February at Subway as well. Again, like we said, no affiliation. No affiliation, man. Send the suggestions on any platform that you can, and we'll be picking out our four favorites and doing them this February. But, Rainer... Hmm, we can't forget about them, right? No, not at all. How could you forget we, about them? We want to thank Rainer for the use of our theme song, Power Playthrough. You can go over and head to rainer.bandcamp.com and download that and all of Rainer's other albums. Buy some of their merch, too, while you're at it. Yeah. But to thank them this week, I want everyone to hang out of the passenger side window of a Honda Odyssey and scream the lyrics to Power Playthrough as you're driving down the downtown area of your town. When you're stopped at a stoplight, I want you to look just a woman that looks like her name's Mary right in the face. And I want you to just yell power play through and through it. And if you're not doing it in a fucking Honda Odyssey, I don't want you to do it. That'll be a real, like, nice way to just be a a fun story for someone for the rest of their lives. Yeah, this guy was just hanging outside of a silver Honda Odyssey, just <laughs> yelling about how he loved a show when he was a kid. Yeah. 
That's it. You're part of their life forever. Forever. All for the low, low cost of, like, you know, what, what, whatever, how much gas you use that day. Which yeah, is, which, and... Which gas is kind of cheap because, you know, the pandy. Speaking of which, yeah. make sure you stay six feet away. Don't, don't, you know... Yeah, stay in the Honda Odyssey. Don't get out of it. Yeah, Hang yeah. out of the window a little bit. Make sure that you're in, like, the middle lane. Yeah. Do that's it, kind of... That's all I've got for do you Do it responsibly. But do it. Right. Well, thank you again for listening today. This was a short one. But we recorded two this week, so we didn't really have much to, else to talk about. Yeah, I guess that's true. But again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Dan with Freddy. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>